Welcome to That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. The podcast brought to you by two ill-informed and aging <laughs> gamers. <laughs> two elephant gamers. Elephant gamers. Elephant gamers. Elephant and aging gamers. Okay. Listen to us ramble on about how great old games are. Your hosts are myself, Richie, and a slightly funny smelling Farley, aka Kunzi11. Say hello, Farley. Hello. <laughs> if you like what we do, firstly, sort yourself out. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Secondly, you can find us on www.thatguys.co.uk or you can interact with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with the handle at that guy's a maniac. Today is episode 20 and we are calling it Ladies Night. Tell us why, Farley. So the theme of this week's podcast is we're going to talk about some of our favourite ladies in video games. Uh, I was going to say mildly controversial topic. I don't think it's particularly controversial. It's just... Well, it's controversial in that, like, we are not women. And... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a touchy subject because, like... (laughs) <laughs> do we have the right to say you know or <laughs> who's a good female role model or whatever you know but there it's, we go yeah it, but it's a i'm sure if uh you know you, you excavate the early day dial-up forums you'll find exactly a perennial issue is is you know about female representation in video games both in terms of quantity and diversity and who writes them uh but we've picked some of our favorite ladies uh and we'll be talking about them and the games they star in yeah and do we have a sponsor for today's episode we do we've managed to the the planets have aligned uh we've acquired syzygy and uh our sponsor for this week is lady clear for all your ev erasing needs uh please visit lady clear woman who stands on in the middle of a desolate island just off of uh, the isle of armor and for 10 armorite pieces she will wipe away the ev points of any pokemon you care to bring her we salute you lady clear and your strange business that you don't advertise anywhere apart from on this podcast it seems (laughs) yeah thanks lady clear (laughs) yeah much appreciated have a think about a rebrand because yeah um, it's not the most um insightful of names in no. fact it conjures images of perhaps like um like hair removal or something like that <laughs> yeah so it's some kind of v competitor uh but yeah yeah and yeah it's really the only you it's she's really hard to spot uh unless you kind of visit this island but when you're hovering over the map of the isle of armor uh, when you hover over, uh, you know, the map point for that area, it, all it says underneath it is just lady. There's nothing else in that area. It just says Lady Clear. Um, and I don't think anyone ever tells you about her. You know, there's not a character who says, oh, yeah. oh, there might be, actually. But not in an obvious way. But there she is. Peddling her business. Gets up at 9 o'clock, at 8 o'clock every day. Somehow gets out to that island. Stands there in the baking heat. She doesn't even have a parasol. She's doing that like a portaloo. <laughs> She's there 24 hours a day. 
Huh? Working conditions at Lady Clear. Well, this is another topic close to gaming's heart. Anyway, that's where he go. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Lady Clear, and you know where to go for all of your Lady Clearing needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so let's uh, let's just dive into it before um, I don't know we get called up for being non-woke or whatever um (laughs) so who's sorry go on (laughs) in thinking about this uh topic which you kind of throw out and and this podcast been quite spontaneous when getting together i I realized that um yes uh you know we don't have quite as many female characters certainly not female protagonists in video games but now there's there's a lot right It, it used to be you know, here's the one female character-led game on this particular platform. Now, almost every game will have um, uh, some kind of representation. But in thinking about what what kind of builds a good character or a character you can really, uh, you know, feel something for um, or sympathise with, in video games in general, I don't think this is uh, anything particularly to do with male and female characters. The, the bar is really low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you you know if you created a like a, a graph with a you know a pyramid of personality traits, a whole lot of characters are in that bottom chunk, right? Which is, uh, you know, they are they are visibly a female, um, probably have massive wabs, uh, <laughs> and that's it. And then and then, you know, just with the addition of you know one particular character quirk or. Or sometimes, you know, sifting through lines of dialogue to go, oh right, there's this hint of a secret story will bump you up that up that pyramid. So I guess I'm kind of prefacing that, you know, some of our choices perhaps, you know, they're not the most rounded or uh, or multi-dimensional characters. Um and that's something that really needs improvement across across video games. Yeah. Uh one of the other things I want to talk to is kind of uh, and occasionally this kind of comes up again. I say in forums, but of course forums don't really exist anymore, uh, is we both prefer, I'd say, to play female characters when given the choice. In general, yes. <laughs> Definitely. And why, maybe you've never thought about it, why do you think that, why is that the case for you? Um, I generally find, I, and this is just goes back to what should probably be another podcast as well, is like dressing up characters, <laughs> um, the array of clothing and the customizability of female characters tends to be much better than that of their male counterparts. Um, and it, it also... Uh, it seems weird, but I'm going to say the word identify, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not meaning it in that sort of sort of way. But it is hard for me, hard there for me to identify with something that's supposed to try and look like me, when in fact nine times out of ten the male characters that you get are big, chunky, r- generic Ryu lookalikes with like <laughs> t-shirts and skater trousers and just like that's not me yeah that i do not have that body and uh, and then because of the way i look i end up just sort of like looking like a big um sort of muscly walter white 
and <laughs> it's not a good look um and it's uh yeah i mean it's just it's more fun um to like sort of play about with um creating a character as a female and just sort of playing about with uh, all of those like crazy options and it and it goes far as like even in what's it called like in games where you get to create your character from scratch like i won't even normally always choose um like a human character so for instance like um in in skyrim or oblivion mm-hmm. i like yeah. going this crazy reptile people but that's because if i was to make a generic human man i i don't know i just feel it lacks something and it, again it's just it is weird because it should be closer to what I am, but I don't identify. I identify less with it as a character. I have more yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think um, I do the same for a lot of the reasons uh, you just stated. Uh, so, when it comes to things like dressing up, just the range of options, styles, colors, always tends to be. Uh, just much more interesting and they've got a lot more, a lot more flexibility rather than you know <laughs> varying shades of cargo pants uh, the one suit option or tuxedo option that you'll find for a guy and then you know just office tosser wear <laughs> it's normally the selection for most office tosser wear <laughs> so, you know, office tosser wear uh, you know CNA catalogue with uh, some chains on it um uh, and then, yeah, I, I mean, this is an interesting topic to me anyway, kind of what, how people interact um, and, and how much they kind of put into their characters because some people, you know, do just want to make themselves in every game and, and kind of, you know, don't really feel it if they're not, um, if it doesn't really uh, one for one kind of um, represent them. Um, whereas, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I always go for the, um, either the kind of different species uh, character, and I think, uh, yeah, they're just uh, I don't know. It's kind of more fun to play, even though and I don't think either of us do. You know, kind of role play our characters uh, in a way that you sometimes see. Uh, you know, I don't I'm not role playing that character. And another thing, I think I mentioned this on another podcast as well. When this when this comes up, is some people say, you know, oh, well, if I'm going to be looking at the character's ass for twenty hours, two hundred hours. Uh, I'd rather it be a girl I fancy rather than a bloke's butt. Yeah, um, again, that's, that's a bit <laughs> weird, you know. And that's, you know, that's absolutely fine. You know, you do you. I mean, for God's sake, we're not here to police or other people. It's almost that. literally. Yeah, that works on a couple of levels. You do you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I don't, you know, I don't... Uh, uh, for me... Sexual attractions not necessarily uh, high up on the on the on the list of why I why I will pick a, a female character or not. Um, there are I have some of the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. It. There are some games. Was it the Pokemon games uh, where in the different versions the dressing up options were asymmetrical? Yes, really, really annoying because like <laughs> you got. Um... Was it moon? It was the previous. It was sun and moon. Um, I yeah. think I got moon. No, I get sun. You got moon. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, like and my yours, clothing. Yours options was the were, boy version. <laughs> yes. Which had more <laughs> options for for men. For boys' clothes, yeah. For boys' clothes, yeah. Um, and yeah, yours had uh, all of the all of the female clothes, and and I, I, I 
this only just came up with like uh, us talking and I was like, there's a rubbish amount of, um, you know, selection. And you were like, what? There's tons. What's fuck wrong with you? you know? <laughs> and then we found out about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't, just don't do, you know, don't do that. Give everyone all the options. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and then the last point, I guess, is it's, it's often difficult. Yeah, because there is such a low bar with <sighs> built out thought out characters uh in in video games in general um sometimes it's difficult to separate whether you like the character from whether or not you just like the game and so a couple of my choices are you know actually there's not much to this character but i kind of like their role like the role in the game um yeah so yeah there'll be a, a, a couple of those choices and, and in fact one of one of the ones on my list uh is is a favorite character but uh, she's probably on your list as well She's not really across the twenty odd games she's been in. You don't really get anything of her at all, um, beyond you know twenty games that she's been in. Oh, I wonder who this person <laughs> is. Well, well, uh, yeah, we shall see. So yeah, you know, and there aren't you know again, video games aren't particularly famed for their character building. Uh, often it it will just be the aesthetic. And uh, you know, if we're talking something like a fighting game, well, it'll be you know, the six lines of context-sensitive dialogue they will have <laughs> when they enter the screen. And but then... yeah, I mean, it becomes like a collective <laughs> head cannon for everyone around you. <laughs> exactly. You know, they get every character just gets their own story, and it just kind of yeah, it becomes a thing, you know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So why don't you kick us off then and tell us okay. who your first female character you want to talk about is so my first pick and you'll you, if you're a uh, avid reader of www.thatguys.co.uk hang on two yeah. things just one thing we should preface is i don't know who you've chosen you don't and you don't know have chosen no, there's we, a chance there might be a couple of duplicates yeah but yeah sorry we, avid reader of an, www yeah <laughs> if you're a rare individual um <laughs> occasionally you will have seen uh, an occasional series that i put together of kind of new new game crush uh and kind of you know the new game crush often uh, knocks the previous game crush off, off the pedestal uh and so this is one of my earliest i think um favorite female characters it's siren uh from the last story uh which came out on the wii back in 2012 uh eight years ago <clears throat> um so if you haven't played it, last story amongst with two others, is it Pandora's Tower and Xenoblade Chronicles? There's a big campaign to get those uh, um, released. Uh, was it PAL or maybe it was just outside of Japan? Um, and two of them certainly have had excellent localization, uh, and the last story is one of those. So uh, all the characters. Um, have kind of British accents and different British accents. <laughs> so Siren, <laughs> Siren has a, I think it's Mancunian accent, which is just a nice thing to have in, in general. I imagine some people have struggled. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, she's a, she's, she's kick-ass. Uh, so she wields two swords uh, in combat, but um, Again, in the interactions you have when you're kind of doing the story, and um, she's hilarious. So she's she's kind of boozy. So frequently she's she gets pissed up in the in the kind of pub hub, 
Um, she's feisty, uh, so she you know, she throws one of the other characters off a balcony. Um, she's constantly making uh, innuendo, um, which you know the the fairly straight laced, you know the typical straight man protagonist. They they sort of struggle to get it while she's making dirty jokes about uh, one of the other characters' breasts or or uh, some other stuff like that. Um, yeah, and it was just again very low bar. You know, has a has a distinctive accent uh, and. You know, isn't like a, a you know a kind of cutesy wallflower or you know that that trope of the kind of uh, white-haired, um, you know, quiet doesn't say anything character. You know, a bit like the kind of yeah. heiress types. Uh, she's the complete opposite of that, um, and uh, you know, she's kind of the life and soul of the the party. Uh, and you know, she, there's a it's a good cast. As well, and she, and she kind of really stands out, um, and so that was fun. You know, and, and that playing through that, that was one of those games where uh, you're almost looking forward to kind of you know finishing the dungeon or the mission uh, to get back to you know what the characters and their downtime banter is going to be, and, and kind of you know what what Soren would be up to, and how she'd play off the other characters. Um, so. It's kind of a vote for Siren, but it's also a vote for, and you see it, you see it all the time. You know, I'd love, I'd love to see, you know, the Avengers on their day off, or you know, <laughs> just, just hanging out and chatting rather than being in, in you know, shit. The world's doomed, and we've all got to pull together, and uh, uh, and so Siren and the entire cast of the last story um, felt that, and then you know, kind of um, shout out for regional dialects, not just. British ones um, of all kinds, uh, because you know, kind of tired of the you know, that very either that very straight, uh, boring protagonist voice that we get, um, or uh, or kind of you know the ellipses dot 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 stuff that we get. Yeah, yeah. I mean that concept uh, that you just sort of mentioned there—the idea of like seeing people on the day off. I just. When you were saying it, it just reminded me of um, Tales of Vesperia. Mm-hmm. It's a, a really cool mechanic where you actually collect these sort of in-between moments where mm-hmm. people just have a little bit of banter. It's like it's just sort of like floating heads. Um, sort of like after you, like you you get them as you like you're walking around and you see the people sort of interact, but you can there's like ways to trigger them. So it's like if you've been in like X fights with this character and this character, then that will trigger yeah. the scene to happen. Uh, mm. and there'll be like other crazy ones and things like that. But it is you just have that sort of uh, adding that level of camaraderie to the troop that you have with you, and you just see the banter like between them, and it's not necessarily part of the main plot. The main plot is, of course, a big bad thing has happened go and fight the big bad thing which is the same in almost every rpg you know (laughs) um and then how you get there is all very you know serious dialogue but in between you're like they're stopping they're having a camp they're cooking they're looking for xyz doing all the side plots but they're actually talking to each other in the side plot and and that is so much more valuable and adds so much more dimension to characters in that sort of way as well but yeah yeah it's just it's just something you made me think of there (laughs) Yeah, uh, um, 
Valkyria Chronicles, especially the second one, is really is really good at that. So you know, you have a a cast of a main cast of five who are really central to the plot, and then you have this huge rotating list of, of people you can kind of con, uh, swap in and out of, of the troops you take into battle. Um, but you can you can do these side stories, uh, and there's there's some really interesting kind of character character quirks and flaws. So you know, there's uh, there's one of them might be chatterbox so if she's hiding behind a barricade with a um you know with uh, they, they each have characters who are on their friends list um then her accuracy will go down because she's a chatterbox or uh you know you get show off uh and there's a couple um i can't remember what they're called essentially they mean that they're you know lesbians um and so they, I think they get either buffs, buffs or debuffs when they're around female characters, depending on the individual character. Um, and, and it, you know, even though there's not really a, a benefit to doing it, you do kind of, you know, group those characters together. Uh, or if, you know, if one of them gets knocked down and needs rescuing, you, you kind of like, oh, well, she should be rescued by a friend rather than, uh, rather than just whoever's nearest. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it it adds that value and, and again builds that camaraderie. Fire Emblem's another one that's really good at uh, showing off some of that stuff. And you know, arguably uh, that that stuff's on a par with the actual um, dungeon stuff. That's my first vote, Siren, my last story. Okay. Cool. So you want me to go yeah. next then? Yeah, good, uh, good segue. Uh, nice, <laughs> nice introduction. <laughs> <from my mother>. I'm <laughs> <Do> done. <laughs> I'm done. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye, Farley. <laughs> yeah. um, it's ladies' night. Catch it's ladies' next night. Week. <laughs> <Same time. laughs> uh, cheers, uh, Lady Claire. Um, <laughs> I am going to talk not just about one. Um, female I am going to talk about what was perhaps the girliest game I've ever played or we've ever played and I'm I'm using that word girly because it was girly undeniably mm-hmm. girly and that is Final Fantasy X-2 I don't want to <laughs> talk about the characters in there good I'm glad that's on your list <laughs> yeah because um, what if you don't already know in Final Fantasy X, there were people, some were dreams, some were not, but ultimately there was a character in it called Yuna, and she was, I, I don't know, back me up here, she was a rubbish character in Final <laughs> Fantasy X. She, she was, she was yeah. love interest, uh, you know, bit of a Mary Sue, and then she had special powers that nobody else had. Um, but then, you know, just very like the, the worst parts of Squall and Cloud, yeah. uh, you know, didn't, what, you know, you know, give me something. What are you, what do you care about? What are you interested in? You know, no, no, no. Exactly. Not big, and I mean, that, that's the big I story mean, stuff. Yeah. I mean, part of her storyline is that she was quite sheltered and she was quite, you know, uh, didn't really know what the world was like and so these guardians that she had around her were supposed to teach her about the world as she went on a pilgrimage and stuff like that but she, she didn't have an arc she still came out as the same sort of meek boring person <laughs> yeah 
that somehow yeah. had a roll in the hay with a dream person at some point. Um, and I think it must be our boredom because there's nothing else going. On. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, she was very. Like, Mary Sue is a very, very good way of putting it. She was, she wasn't necessarily a damsel in distress, um, and there wasn't necessarily uh, any sort of feminizing of the sort of damsel in distress scenario. But the only reason you kept her in your party and you would have ditched her so quickly was because she had the summons. No one else could do summons uh, in Final Fantasy X. So you just kind of kept her in your party all the time so that you could do the summons. But other than that, she wasn't very rememberable. Rememberable? Rememberable. Rememberable. <laughs> Memorable. So, or, yeah, and not um, necessarily. Yeah. Point, point of order, and I may be misremembering because I didn't actually play much of Final Fantasy X, although I saw a lot of it. She's quite damsel in distressy, right? At some point, she's lined up in her wedding dress to get married to somebody else, right? Oh, uh, yes, yeah, Seymour. Yes, absolutely, yeah. you're right. Um, but yeah, he's like the he's some guy who's really good at summoning <laughs> or something like that and i think it's yeah. one of these sort of arranged marriages because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like another species on the planet where they're from or something like that so they're gonna uh, give birth to super summony children or something oh yeah yeah no in fact one of the summons you get anima is his mother Oh, God, Final Fantasy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Anima is possibly one of the most disturbing summons ever in the history yeah. of like Final Fantasy. Yeah. Is, is that the one who looks like um, something from Silent Hill fell into? Exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a head. Is it a head with chains? I'm uh, just you describe. I think it it's a probably. head with chains, and then it, it, instead of like the bottom half of its torso, it's a big giant mouth Marlboro thing. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she's not. She's. My point was, she's not completely free of of damsel in distress tropes. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I, okay, I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not. It's not how she's played for the most part. No, um, and in fact, you, you keep her in your party most of the time as well. But she's 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 not a very very um, fun character. When in fact, you do have other female characters in it that are odd and different and 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 quite cool and unique. Um, yeah. You think of Lulu, although boring is sin, sin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, she's a very boring character, but she's got these red eyes, and she's of course got the very, very famous cosplay-loving dress that's made out of belts. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she's—I think—I mean that's one of those instances where um, you know the, the fact that she carries around uh, essentially Netsuke, you know, like little cactuar and, and something else. Yeah, is—I is, is, like her. But not really. We don't really find out much about her throughout the game. So, I mean, that's massively broad brushstroke. But it, it's like oh, I think she's cool. It's just we never get to see that cool coolness. You know, she's she's, she, got she's well polished, cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I'd love to see you know her and uh, her and Wacker in the bar, or uh, you know, I don't know, her on eBay looking. For well, some, yeah. 
And then spoiler alert, her and Waka do the dirty. And they have a kid in Final Fantasy X-2. And that's such an odd pairing. Mostly because Waka's a fucking idiot. Oh, the voice of Waka is somebody somebody famous as well. Fuck. Look at me Google this. I can't even like... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, damn it. That's so annoying. Oh, yeah. It's, um... What's his face? Bender from Futurama. John DiMaggio. So once you start hearing Bender speaking... Um, <laughs> rather than Waka, it gets really, really messed up. Final Fantasy t- uh, Ten. I just ruined it for all of our three listeners. Um, anyway, Boys <laughs> yeah. Night is coming soon. Ladies <laughs> yes, Night, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, so the other character uh, or other main female character within the uh, Final Fantasy Ten was Riku as well, who was um, like just fun and quirky and jumpy and full of energy and again start polar opposite to the other two of them but you were just more engaged with her as a character definitely than you were with Yuna I don't know did you find that yeah again yeah. there's just there's just, you know more to it and you, you kind of kind of predict what her you know what her input would be when the group were having grave discussions but you know it's kind of a bit spunky a bit naive um, you know, because she's what? She's a teen, really young in that one, right? So she's yeah, warrior. she's like um, what sixteen in that one, and then she's like eighteen in <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy Ten too. So she's this warrior teenager kicking around with uh, you know an S and M witch, uh, uh, <laughs> boring summoner lady, and then um, various shades of a giant cat and... person and <laughs> people that man. come from, from dreams. <laughs> Yeah, and she just kind of, you know, just takes it in her stride. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. You know, she, All right, you're from a dream. This... You're still a cool person, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, she's, yeah, it can be a little bit annoying in a way that, uh, uh, but there was more to her, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But anyway, what I was <laughs> trying to get to, and let's fast forward to Final Fantasy X-2, in ten two, they remove all of the male, um, I don't know, protagonists. Mm-hmm. You can never tell if you're a protagonist or an antagonist in a Final Fantasy game. You know, the terrorists I mean, are going to blow up all of the, <laughs> the power plants. Yeah. Um, but there you go. Um, yeah, so you fast forward to there and they remove all of the male protagonists and you've got nothing but female characters. And in fact, you only get three characters. You get Yuna, Riku, and a new person, Pain. Um, and Pain, I always wonder about Pain and, and what the, the thought behind her was because and it never ever gets explained either. Um, she has almost identical mannerisms style and hair as Lulu um, like she's got the same red eyes that Lulu has and she's also a bit gothy um, and she's a bit standoffish as well and it's odd that they brought her in as a character and I don't know it feels like oh let's just let Lulu get pregnant and we'll just bring in this other person who is basically Lulu too um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, other than that, yeah, Payne yeah. is actually quite a cool character. Um, she sort of plays the straight man to 
Riku, who's having a bad influence on Yuna for being childish and having fun and playing pranks and stuff like that, and generally just being quite girly. Yeah. Um, and, but they, all three of them, they end up being like super, super, like, um, super pro feminine, like sisters almost. And, uh, and then again, the whole game is about dressing up and dress spheres, and they keep like the spheres and little compacts as well. And it feels very, very, very girly when you play it. But at the same time, like, these are like very well sort of rounded characters and Yuna comes into her own a little bit more because I think what they do is they've kind of written the fact that she was a summoner and she had zero personality and she was completely you know rubbish all of this she loses all of her summoner powers but at the same time she's gained so much experience <laughs> i.e. her xp bar has gone up <laughs> Um, she's gained so much experience like fighting and doing things in the world that she's actually quite um, a pro um, at like saving the world so she's kind of adopts that and so she has all these cool cutscenes but she always sort of says was that cool (laughs) you know and and sort of (laughs) second guesses herself and things like that and yeah I mean it is a super girly game Yuna feels way much better character you know with the dual handguns that was during that time where everybody was dual wielding you had a big issue (laughs) like (laughs) it's a sequel to a game right let's get everybody dual wielding Uh, it was at at that time where if you're working on the sequel you know uh, back when games used to have physical boxes in, and you have you know, your little bullet point of, of features of this game to to sway you when you're standing in the game store, and you turn over for you know whatever Shootman two, and and dual wielding would be you know up there. And I just I just remember so much coverage talking about oh no, I can dual wield, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, oh, yeah. great, great. Now I have to press the left trigger as well as the right trigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, or sometimes not even, you know, it's just, oh, I, now I guess I, I look a little bit cooler, but <laughs> I still press the same button. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I guess we've never really talked about it like that, but it, it, were it not for Yuna's kind of non-role in the first game, um, the second game wouldn't have that much of a punch because she's kind of, you know, she's... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The game opens with her performing a concert, right? So she's yeah, she's famous, um, but kind of depowered. Uh, and then just throughout the game, you feel like there's a lot of pressure on her, and she doesn't really know what to do. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's very no, kind of uh, she just is. Yeah, she she doesn't have her summoning powers. They all go at the end of Final Fantasy X. So they've got this new thing, the dress spheres, which takes on the souls of um, people who sort of wore those clothes before. So she was wearing um, a dress sphere, or in fact, it wasn't her that opened it up. It was like the bad guys that you're chasing, La Fay or something like that. Do you remember? Uh, the rival no, sphere hunters. Uh, but anyway, it's like you wear the clothes of it and you gain sort of power. So you wear the clothes of uh, this old singer who had the power to sway 
continents and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's the same way as you like get a dress sphere that gives you the power of, you know, a cactuar, as in you are dressed up like a cactuar. <laughs> you know, yeah, which is which is uh, you know in a, in a really um, hacky philosophical and psychological way. You know, because she's such a blank palette of a character in the first game. Um, you know, it's, it's putting on masks and putting on personas by literally putting on a dress. Um, cool. Oh, like, wow. You went a bit deeper there. That's, that's a good thought. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I wanted to bring that up because I, I feel that you can't talk about um, females in games without possibly one of the girliest games I've ever played, but still thoroughly enjoyable game, you know? Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, like I say, I much preferred it. Um, saw enough of Final Fantasy X because it was that time when everyone had a PlayStation 2 and it seemed like everybody was playing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I actually, um, yeah, really invested in um, the sequel. Yeah, uh, and yeah, like doing all the dress spheres. I mean, there is the, the horrible pain that I have around that, which is I followed a guide to the letter. I never got the fucking Moogle um, <laughs> dress sphere first playthrough. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, for thirty four ninety nine, you could download it on the Switch. Or, or I've, got, I've it, got it on the PSP. I played it yeah, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Did you Not get bad. the Moogle outfit then? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just did it right. Um, I think I actually I, I pinned it down to one mini game that I missed something on. And it was, um, I can't remember, it was like you had these little travelling salespeople and there was like boxes falling out of a cart and you had to pick them up or you had to stop them falling out of the cart. And I, you were allowed to let like like three fall out and I must have let, you know, four fall out of the cart. <laughs> and then I continued playing means, the game thinking I was... That means you've fight. locked out of one of the... Best item is not one of the best items in the game. Locked out of something. I mean, I, I'm not a, an advocate of New Game Plus. I don't understand why games that are 300 plus hours have New Game Pluses. Yeah. Anyway, right. So tell me about your other um, best female character in game. Thank. Well, thanks actually give me a segue um i feel like i didn't give you one um <laughs> i and this is one we're going to discuss and this is the one i was talking about she's not been in 20 games but perhaps enough i would have a discussion about a little lady called jill valentine hey okay because and it might just be you know because we've played her many times different versions different timelines different graphical capabilities, fighting games, survival horror games. Um, so, you know, she's one of my favorite characters. It, uh, you know, I'm interested to see what she's up to and, and when she's in things. But then she was the one I mentioned earlier and we don't really get much from her, right? And, you know, Resident Evil's not especially fantastic at its character developments or its arcs. Uh, but what we got in the, you know, the schlocky um cutscenes in the original resident evil is you know that she's uh, her 
uh, I think it, in, it might be one of the novelization. In some Resident Evil part of the canon, uh, you know, uh, she's a daughter of a cat burglar, I think, which is ex explains why she's good at unlocking things. Um, you know, and that and that essentially becomes her personality. <laughs> <news> to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just gonna. Um, so yeah, so she, you know, she's obviously she's resilient, and uh, in the Resident Evil Three remake, she got the Lara Croft treatment, and and you know you see her get the shit kicked out of her from the off, um, and it doesn't really slow down really. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like she's, uh, I like her, but I feel like there's nothing to her really. Like, wh what's going on with Jill Valentine? Well, I mean, you can say that, but I mean, that you've kind of been through the same shit with her. You know, you went through that mansion, you went to the guardhouse, you got through to the end of the game and you realised that Chris was hard mode and Jill was easy mode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you've been through all of that stuff with her and regardless of you know um whatever novelizations or extracurricular fucking shenanigans that have been endorsed by george rr R. martin or whatever <laughs> um, there is there is always going to be that same story that happened you know assuming you got through the game and didn't die or couldn't find the square crank and got sliced with a, <laughs> by a, a hunter or something like that um but yeah no like um there will always be that night in the mansion and then you get that sort of uh, extra bonus of um seeing what she got up to like during before and after the events of resident evil 2 you know kicking about in raccoon city interactions yeah. with other people and i i don't know i feel like Especially in PlayStation days, obviously there is, there wasn't that much in the way of narration, um, but you had to sort of tell the story through interactions um, in the game without, you know, constant talking or mm -hmm. heads popping up or somebody in your, you know, fake character's ear sort of saying words at you you just had to go through and i think because that is collectively the same experience that most people have shared you will get the same sort of oh jill is good at this or jill you know knows this and she can't get out of a room which is falling through the ceiling is crushing her down or you know uh, everybody has sort of experienced the same things and her reactions to it so you kind of get an idea who, of who jill is and I mean, there were so many games where, like, the characters just didn't even talk. Um, and when we got to, like, N64 and PlayStation days, that's when people started doing sort of talking in video games, you know? Like, in the SNES, all you got were people announcing names. You never got, like, speaking games or anything like that. Audio of that sort of level was just too much, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, the audio for, like, Mario Kart is just, like, um, glorified midis, you know. There is nothing more. And, like, Mortal Kombat 
It's always come back to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, By the way, did you know that um, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Campbell might be a DLC in the next Mortal Kombat no 11? Is that, is that for sure? Or is that just a rumor? It's a rumor, but, you know, I think it'll happen. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I guess... I, to, yeah, sorry, with Mortal Kombat, you actually just got like everybody announcing names, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. That was it. It's like Sub-Zero. And you're like, yeah, the computer's talking. It is the future. Um, <laughs> least, again, yeah, sorry. But at least, at least, you know, especially in a fighting game, you've got the different, uh, you know, different styles, different moves, you know, some, some voice cues. You get some indication perhaps about their background and their training and, you know, whatever, beat the credits and get a paragraph of, of something. Yeah. Um. And I think with Jill, in a way that, well, maybe she just hasn't had that many games, uh, you know, so she's in Resident Evil and then Resident Evil 3, uh, then doesn't, has a bad run in 5, um, where, you know, essentially she gets turned into a mindless, sexy fighting slave. And um, gets made blonde, blondes have more fun. Yeah, I, yeah, just that whole thing is just—I don't know—they did a—they did a shitty in that one, and then you know she kind of she comes back in in the remake. Whereas if we look at Chris, um, you know, again, not exactly a paragon of great character writing. Uh, through his many appearances, you know, through Code Veronica, through uh, five, and then uh, seven and blah and six. Um, okay, so yeah, he's. He is, you know, Mr. Righteous Punchy Man. <laughs> but, Mr. But righteous get... Punchy Man. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know if you've seen the, um, you know, the, the teaser for Reserve Village or however you... Yeah, I, I saw um, a little joke, like the biggest character arc, the um, uh, biggest character arc in the Resident Evil series is um, Chris's neck. Um... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's now, he's now... He's now like ninety percent more neck. He's now Mister <laughs> yeah. X proportions, right? <laughs> like a giant fucking trench coat. Um, but we've got you know we get a sense, and you know obviously Chris and Chris and Claire's relationship we we get a bit of. And yes, most of the protagonists in Resident Evil are just these generic, you know, very righteous, want to do the want to do the good thing, uh, very anti the bad guy. Um, uh, and I don't know, I'd like to see. I'd like to see more of of Jill, and we got a, we did get a little bit of it in the remake. Um, you know, again, Resident Evil characters change from game to game, um, but you know, she was a bit funny. She was uh, quite sassy. You know, when she meets um, uh, not Nikolai, Carlos, the other guy. No, when she and Carlos go down to the subway, and there's the Russian guy down there. Oh God! <sighs> yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, you know, so they're, they're being. Am I googling all, this frantically? Do we care? <laughs> Please do. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll carry on. Um, you know, they're they're being like, oh, well, military military men, and she's like, well, yeah, whatever. You know, oh, we know who you are. And she's just, she's she's like, yeah, okay. What do you want me to do? Well, you know, I'll do it. Uh, you know, and she um puts throws cold water over Carlos's horny advances. So I, I did, you know, I did I did like that. I mean, we got to see a little bit, um, a little bit 
more of her as a, um, as a person beyond just being a righteous resilience machine. Yeah, I know. It's like, I mean, I think the the best part was like, yeah, I just kind of saw her vulnerable as well. Like you saw her um, in her home. And when I yeah. say vulnerable, I don't mean like, <laughs> like strapped with chains attached to a wall or something yeah. like that. Like, oh, what I mean is vulnerable. Well, rescue vulnerable me, please. Rescue yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's it was Mikhail, up. by the way. <laughs> oh, yes. There you go. Mikhail. Um, <laughs> It's clearly kind of, uh, you know, the opening scene where she looks at herself in the mirror. She's clearly kind of fucked up about the yep. fairly traumatic events in, in the mansion. Um, in a shitty little flat, you know, there's rubbish everywhere. She's got one of those detective walls up with the red string uh, yeah. tied around. Um, and that's what I liked about the original Resident Evil 3 as well is, is you know, you've got a, you've got a little bit of a sense of, of you know, what happened, what was life after the mansion incident you know chris disappears to europe and um uh and just kind of left her own devices and then kind of hunted down by by nemesis so yeah she's she's on my list but i'd really like i'd really like us to see more of her or for her to have some more of a kind of character and motivation yeah i mean to be honest i i think we just wanted more in resident evil 3 as well i mean we talked about that as well as well, as well, as well, as well, as well, as well, as well. I mean, like, I would like to see her character have done more, be more sassy, or do something, or be. I, I, I hate the fact that I just used the word sassy as well. That's, I know. That's like, I, I feel like that's I something you want to avoid. Yeah. <laughs> when I said it, I instantly really was, you know, oh, this character's sassy, and that's why I like her. Oh, this character's flirty, and that's why I like her. Looking down my list, we're not going to break out of this mod. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, like, I feel as though, like, that character, that, that game was so linear and it, it did follow Jill, but it would have been good if there was more places to go and different interactions to have. Like I mentioned before, with Resident Evil 3, the original Nemesis game, you could go in different directions, you could miss out whole sections of the game. And then each time you would, you know, like see different interactions and that, you know, exactly what you're just saying there, um, you really could have just expanded on Jill as a little bit of an extra character going back, you know, replaying in New Game Plus, um, <laughs> but uh, being able to like, you know, just see her interact in different ways. And I feel like in the original uh, PlayStation version, there was actually a bit more of that, you know, like how she reacts in the fire station, how she reacts in the journalist office, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a missed opportunity. Um, but who knows? Uh, we might see Resident Evil Two, uh, Resident Evil Three Two. That's <laughs> true. And yeah. just because you're more familiar, does any more of her come out in um, Marvel vs. Capcom and other fighting games where she's? Um, no, like, if anything, she's she, she's more 2D. Um, <laughs> okay. She's literally 2D. In Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which is, I think, is the only one that she's in. Oh, no, she's, um, her blonde version is in the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Um, but in Marvel vs. Capcom 2, she literally has a bunch of kicky, fighty moves, and she has nods to her because it's only a Resident Evil 1 version. 
Um, before Resident Evil 3. So she like pulls out the um, bazooka and she does flame yeah. rounds or she has the shotgun or she calls zombie dogs or she calls zombies and in some cases she even calls um, the, the tyrant from Resident Evil 1 as well. So like as a character, yeah, she just does all these things. Um, but why she's able to call zombie dogs? She's in a game of zombie dogs. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Frank, Frank West does the same thing. Last thing on Jill, because we've got to move on. Um, that beret, I, I feel like somebody needed to have a conversation with her about that beret. <laughs> yeah um is that suitable work attire i i don't know <laughs> it's just it's just a bad look there's it's actually one more thing i wanted to mention okay it. and uh you kind of touched on it family relations to to jill yeah now during the late 90s there was a few games and there's a lot of characters that have the last name Valentine. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I think I actually even did a little. Um, oh, I think you what's did. What's it called? That guy's uh, sort of um, everybody's related thing. <laughs> yeah. So, Jill Valentine, and you also have Ivy Valentine um, from Soul Calibur whose dad is Cervantes, who's not a cheeky character. Um, <laughs> and you also have Vincent Valentine from Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And I like to think that they're all part of the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's extended family. Extended family, she, yeah. She exactly. never, and because, because the Resident Evil games don't really give her any justice, you know, we never, we never see a note in her um, flat being like, oh, Oh, Vincent, things are really bad here. I hope it's working out with your situation and whatever. I hope Daddy <laughs> Cervantes is doing well <laughs> and hasn't turned into a weird flaming skull monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I hope he keeps Soul Blade locked up in the cupboard and doesn't use it anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think we shall, shall move on from there. Give me, yes. give me a segue. Come on. Um, that's one of my characters on my list. Richie, do you have characters on your lists? Yes, I have another character. Um, and this time, because <laughs> this, this podcast wasn't controversial enough, I'm yeah. going to go for Poison. Oh, I knew you were going to do something like this. Is, is it the Poison or... Oh, Bardo. Birdo <laughs> or uh, I think it's a, is it a Guilty Gear character or a Dark Stalkers character? Oh, um, B- it's BB. I know who BB. you're talking. I think it's Guilty Gear. It's BB um, King BB Knight Bunny Bunny Bunny. <laughs> oh God, what is it? What it's little red little red Riding Hood, right? And BB Hood. Yeah, that's uh, Dark Stalkers. There we go. Is BB Hood trans? Uh, it's just a no, not tra- uh, transvestite. I think. I don't think so. I think. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. It's another character. Um, but yeah. Um, and part of the fun around um poison is like the controversy 
around her as a character, regardless of your 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 stance. She is um, a female character, and there is so much shenanigans around, um, you know, where uh, like where her sexual orientation or reassignment lies. Um, so it was always uh, it's always been a fun character, and just because of that controversy. I love her as a character, <laughs> you know, because it's so much fun. Um, and, um, yeah, like, it, it doesn't matter either. <laughs> like, ultimately, this character doesn't have a great backstory. It doesn't, um, doesn't have any sort of twists or turns or anything like that. It is, like, just a normal story. Um, but because there is this potential controversy, she has this aura around her as, as something uh, something different. Um, but she's, um, you know, it's perfectly fine. Um, and yeah, so do you know how this all started out with Poison? Yeah, wasn't it to... Um, oh God, it was to get around the fact that you would be beating up women in a game they essentially said, yes no so um they in the recent um capcom um beat em up bundle final fight is actually just using the japanese version oh, yeah, um, that's right because you said <laughs> you didn't realize um where she'd come from yeah i, I didn't <laughs> like I knew she was in a beat em up, but I didn't realise it was uh, Final Fight as well. And she's like one of the um one of the people you just constantly beat on. Um <laughs> but um for the Western release they actually replaced um Poison and Roxy with male characters, Billy and Sid. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um but um in like I think it was uh, something, something else. Um, they they just sort of brought her back in, and she was sort of like was referred to as female in Final Fight Revenge or something like that. Um, and then that got even more controversy, and then there was an alluding sort of thing that she'd had uh, sex reassignment surgery and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it gets even more confusing because apparently Roxy, who is just basically poisoned with red hair, um, yeah. hasn't gone through sexual reassignment and just likes dressing up so as transvestite rather than transgender. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so there's all sorts of um, that sort of stuff <laughs> are, going around. Are it. they twins? Um, I I don't. <laughs> No, yes, okay. I mean, they essentially the sprites are <laughs> yeah, exactly. identical. Uh, um, um, but yeah, by the way, quite, quite sorry, sorry, a correction. I was, I was thinking Bridget, not Baby Hood, yeah, Bridget, yeah, yeah, the little sort yeah. of nun looking thing in, in Guilty Gear, yeah, Teddy Bear, Teddy Bear, yeah, yeah, handcuff, handcuff nun, which is such a Guilty Gear. Oh, thing. wow, yeah. cool, fantastic. Sorry. But yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, that's fine. But yeah, BB Hood, I was pretty sure, was not a um, trans person. 
<laughs> yes, I was not familiar. I'm not familiar with either of those series, and and I somehow put Bridget and BB Hood in the same category, probably because their names begin with B. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my first sort of exposure to Poison was, of course, the controversy around her, and there's like. It, there were so many things like sort of saying that like she was trans and I think eventually one person just sort of said um like poison is a woman how and you know if you want to believe it was through sexual reassignment or was born a woman it's up to you you know so it, it's kind of a cop out um sort of we're not saying whether this person is trans or not it's up to you and your head can and I suppose that's fine because they identify as female but yeah exactly so it's just kind of regardless but they still sort of make nods to it which is great fun Um, and uh, one thing that I remember I think in it was Street Fighter uh, Tekken crossover game and this is where I finally got to play as Poison, which was great fun playing through the game. There's a couple of like sort of hints that people aren't sure um, as to what um, gender Poison is. And there's um, <laughs> there's a point where I think, and it's really dodgy, it's like the, the bear Kuma from um, Tekken sort of okay. says, doesn't smell like a woman. Right, <laughs> which is just wrong, man. Um, that, that we'd ex- that the gaming sphere um, would accept a anthropomorphized bear before <laughs> before you know a transgender character is just absolutely uh, indicted. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no one's no one's talking going nuts over you know what is roger is it a this or a that or or anything like that but geez um i will say i mean her kind of trajectory is is fascinating because essentially she's gone from basically being an npc i can't think of an npc which has had quite the same uh trajectory because if you're uh you know if you if you're into the action figure scene shall we say or model statuette scene or dollies as some people call them um i think she's arguably had more models toys figures merchandise than you know hagar has or anyone else from final point i think yeah easily and it's because like yeah i mean yeah it's just purely because like no new what's the word what's the thing i'm gonna use it's like there's no such thing as bad coverage like regardless of what your stance is on anything there is always going to be just the fact that that person is now um visibly in your sphere um and and you're aware of her so it's kind of that is why she she's got so much um coverage uh, as like being a character and being so visible in in the gamer sphere as well yeah. Oh, and now, and now she's a you know, a fully fledged character in her own right. Yeah, and she's in uh, Final uh, Street Fighter um, <laughs> four and five. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Just like yeah, uh, and uh, again, definitely 
uh, MVP um, <laughs> whenever I, I go straight into uh, playing any Street Fighter game as well. Yeah. What's what's does she have a story beyond that though? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think <laughs> is, is quite a, a, what I quite a like trick or <laughs> one trick. Yeah. yeah. No, um, she's definitely like she was um like a manager for Hugo. Um, Hugo's the big pink wrestler guy, sort of yeah, based yeah. at Andre the Giant. Um, and there, there's definitely some sort of uh, German uh, dungeon basement thing going on because she's got the crop and the hat as well. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. A, a very mixed background. It's probably not um, PG friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, it's just um, was a thug, isn't a thug, maybe is a thug, is in a fighting game, and that's it, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's, so. she's quite sexualized. Um, uh, she's got some attack, right? Poison kiss. Eh, uh, but. Uh, there's an image of her in a bikini on a beach mat <laughs> that pops up <laughs> in some game as an attack. I, I'm i not familiar enough with the game she's been in to know. Okay, cool. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe that was from... Um... Ah, oh, Tekken X Street Fighter, Street Fighter X Tekken. Were they not supposed to do two versions of that game as well? Yeah, they were, and the the, the back one never came. Yeah, that's shit. Anyway. Have you seen that Capcom gacha game that you like? Ah, <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm genuinely thinking of what gacha game, what gacha game, what gacha game, what, what, what could it be? You just don't fucking know the game. Um, I think she is, actually. Um, uh, because they wouldn't, like, miss her out. You know, she's like the Eevee of the, the Street Fighter world. The most bank- <laughs> one of the most bankable characters. Yeah, exactly. Put her um, on lunchboxes. <laughs> oh, God. Cross. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to look it up. Anyway, yes. Um, I just wanted to sort of bring her up because we are talking about um, Ladies Night and we have characters that do identify as female and I still think that that's cool that it gets coverage in games and is not necessarily... Um, well, it always just has backstories and stuff like that. And like We mentioned some of the other ones as well. Birdo is like a really, really weird one. Um because it's um, essentially Yoshi that spits eggs rather than lays eggs and has a bow um, and Birdo is a, you know, a guy um, but we don't know <laughs> why or if they identify as female or just <laughs> wherever and of course yeah you have Bridget as well who I think it was the original trap character uh, probably not the most um PC uh, character at that time 
Um, I feel as though, despite Poison being overly sexualized and things like that, there is definitely a more of a, um, if you choose to think of her as trans, then that's absolutely fine, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas with Bridget, it was, I think, more characters wincing um, at, you know, Bridget looking like a girl and then turning out to be a boy and that kind of um, humour aside yeah. uh, attached to it. So that's that's a different side. Um, probably, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I think enough about Poison, she doesn't have much more of a backstory. <laughs> Other than uh, I just really wanted to source, you know, be a dick and bring up the, the yeah. you know, characters identify as female and aren't just female characters within there. Um, yeah. So, who uh, else you got in your list? Can't wait to just get through end game. Uh, my next one is again, it's more the game they're in rather than the characters themselves. Um, I'd say that that guy's a maniac. Not that we issue official stances. We don't really have a uh, a big love for the Half Life series. I don't think. What's Half Life? Exactly. <laughs> it's an obscure Japanese game. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just we weren't part of the scene when it came out. Uh, I think we've both. Have you played Half Life, Half Life Two, Half Life Two and a Half, Half Life? No, people who I didn't like liked it, so yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, and I like you know I love everything that's come out of it. I love Gary's mod. I love the. I've been watching the. Um, improv theatre told through Half-Life was it Half-Life with with self-aware AI uh, used to read that webcomic um, so I like the environment um, the gameplay I don't know just it was very PC as in personal computer um, yeah. and so my engagement with it has also been years behind right so uh, I'm and big Half-Life fans will probably cringe in that, uh, you know, played Half-Life on the PlayStation 2. <laughs> and then uh, I got Half-Life 2 last year. <laughs> I picked up the orange box. Um, well, you've done well. There's more than I've done. <laughs> I know. Way I just, more than I've done. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably paying it, playing it sub-optimally, you know, decades after it came out. But... Um, which is probably not giving it a fair shot, but I don't see the big hype, um, you know, when people are falling all over themselves about the potential for a Half-Life 3 thing. However, one of the things I do like about uh, the story, in inverted commas, in, in, in Half-Life is, um, I guess it was enabled through the modding tools that you could get, uh, is the three expansions that Half-Life had, which, you know, kind of telling the same, looking the same series of events from different angles. Um, and I played two of them. I don't think I played Opposing Forces. Um, but I really liked Half-Life Decay, which was the co-op version of Half-Life. And in that, you play as Colette Green Doctor, potentially Professor, Colette Green and Gina Cross. Um, so they, their stories plays along the same arc as Gordon Freeman. They're involved in that same experiment. So whilst Gordon Freeman's upstairs pushing the sample in, they're downstairs doing whatever they're doing. Um, 
and then they have their own little story that plays out in Black Mesa with some of the doctors uh, and a friend and I um, you know <laughs> I think it's just something you take for granted with gamers of our age big couch co-op fans boo the death <laughs> of couch co-op boo hoo hoo um, <laughs> But that was great to be able to, to play a half-life length game uh, cooperatively uh, and, you know, okay, you could argue that it's the third and last um, expansion. I don't think it... Did it even come out on the PC? So it might have even been a PlayStation exclusive. So it's, not, it's not as if, you know, these two female characters are being given an even footing in any way, shape or form. Um, but it was cool that they, you know, put these two, uh, you know, Doctors, characters, um, they do everything that Gordon Freeman does. Um, I think one of them actually, uh, and I don't know where I came across this information. I don't think it's in the game. Maybe it is. It invents, invented the orange suit, the whatever it is, HGB suit. Um, so yeah, cool. I don't think we've heard from them since though. I don't think there's even been you know a file somewhere or a reference to them. Um, in Half-Life 2, but then, you know, what the fuck do I know about Half-Life? Or Half-Life 2, Part 2, Part 1, Part 2 VR experience. Oh, what is it called? Alex or something like that? Yeah, Alex and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Fine. I, so, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, when um, it is a super PC experience, um, or at least it was, and there were so many other cool PC games out at the same time, like you had Kingpin and shit like that. That I just wasn't interested in this wannabe sci-fi thing, and I'm like, oh fuck it, not interested. I just never have picked it up. The closest I've got to it is uh, playing Portal. And <laughs> <laughs> that is it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Not a huge Half-Life fan, but I did enjoy Half-Life Decay, and I think it was cool that the main characters were um, superstar lady scientists. Lady scientists, whoever next. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> that's your cue. Who's next on your list? Who's li- next on my list? Um, I suppose if you were to consider this as some sort of BuzzFeed fucking list of... Yeah. Top females and games. Yeah. You're gonna have to mention Bayonetta. Oh, I don't think you're gonna go there. Fine. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I thought you were gonna say Lara Croft, Samus. Oh no, fuck them. I don't like those <laughs> games. Um, <laughs> those games are rubbish. <laughs> say uh, female Mimikyu that you raised. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty fucking niche <laughs> uh, uh, no uh, B- Bayonetta yeah now I like Bayonetta I think it's a good game <laughs> it is thanks. thanks my next one is <laughs> <laughs> nah come on come on have you played Bayonetta uh, no but okay um, <laughs> um no. yeah so bayonetta her, her, is... her, her body proportions are, are wrong so i thought i'm not gonna play that because uh, there's too many heads in her legs or do you remember that utter nonsense when it came out 
Yeah, her head's too small for the rest of her body. Oh, it's a fucking... Again. Boxing kangaroos and talking pandas. Yeah, yeah. Look, she also <laughs> summons her hair through portals. Yeah, no, that's you know, fine. That's, just... that's believable. But... Only, <laughs> it's only one-sixth of her legs. Ridiculous. Her Unlikely. dress is made of her hair. You know, <laughs> Unlikely. Like... Yeah. Unrealistic. Um, Sorry, carry on. Yes. Um, as a stylized, fun female character, um, she's good. Um, is, she sassy? She, is she sassy? She's not just sassy. She's her own woman. <laughs> nah, um, she, like, it's essentially just um, a hyper uh, Devil May Cry. Um, and it is, like, it was way more intense than some of the other... Um, Devil May Cries, which sort of meant went down the big sort of chunky tank fighting game arc. She came in with the sort of stealthy, um, exuberant style, and I think that's what everything about it was was really cool. It's like she's a uh, a witch, so she's technically on the evil side of things, and she makes deals with like um, you know, sort of devils, and she you know summons like demons and things like that so she's always had that sort of um sort of dark side to her yet she is the protagonist in this one and conversely angels are the bad guys in it um and you just get like all of this great religious imagery that you're fighting you know weird like upside down heads and metatrons and all of the different choirs of angels that you have sort of personified as these sort of porcelain style evil floating things that you're attacking and killing with sort of demon styles and and that is just so cool and different but Bayonetta as a character is even more fun because throughout the game and this is major spoilers for Bayonetta um you what is it 20 year old game no no 10 to 15 I would say yeah, it was 360 initially. Um, 11, 11 year old game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the whole plot of it, there is a little girl that you have to save. That little girl, as it turns out, is actually Bayonetta. Bayonetta has gone through the usual trope of she's lost her memory. She has to get it back. And there's constantly this journalist following around, this guy who is essentially trying to play the hero and save her uh, <laughs> without sort of realising that she's this super-powered evil witch sort of thing um, and is very, very capable of looking after herself in that sort of fashion. But yeah, it, it's it's such a cool, stylized game and that character, regardless of gender, was you know, just a fantastically well thought out, rounded character that you just have so much fun. There is some hypersexualism in the game as well. Because her clothes are made of her hair, whenever she does attacks, um, she uses her hair. So there's always that potential glimpse of nudity going on as well. Um, mm-hmm. And there's um, a lot of eluding. <laughs> um, to like 
basically every one of her one of her attacks ends up being called a climax um so you do big big combos and then you finish it with a climax (laughs) you know it is so cool um again it's just different and it's fun to have that sort of 18 rated humor in there and not to ruin the character by being overly sexualized or indeed just being a damsel in distress um which you know was very easy to sort of do in a lot of these games as well i mean if you look at devil may cry you have trish who is technically the the damsel in distress and also a bad guy but you know way way more one-dimensional and then and then a a woman called lady a woman called lady (laughs) of course yeah couldn't be any more uh i mean to be fair the the devil may cry ladies you know they do they are cool they do kick ass they do Um, yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Lady's actually quite a cool character as well. Although she's just like rife with daddy issues. Um, yeah, big daddy issues. But she carries a big gun. I mean, like yes. That. And has a short pleated skirt on as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah well, you know. <laughs> but yeah, again, you know, it's, it's fine. It's her choice. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, the Bayonetta games were great and it was good to play as a character. I think it was actually enhanced um, by playing as a female character in there and actually having that sort of reverse, you know, role reversal of um, the male um, journalist actually just being hapless in sort of respect. Um, and he's actually the one that thinks he's doing the saving, but he's not really... Um, but yeah, uh, that, that that was a great game. Bayonetta two, uh, I've heard is just as good, but I haven't played it. Oh, dude! Uh, I know. Why not? Because why uh, not? Because it was on the um, Wii U on yeah. my disc drive on the Wii U. Fucked up. Yeah, but then we've had a bundle since. No, there was a. On the Switch, you get Bayo 2 and 1 and 2. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird, wasn't it? You bought 2 and got 1 free. Is that true? On the Switch? Yeah, that's I think you just have Bayonetta 1 on the Switch. No. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You buy 2 and then you get the download code for 1 or something like that. Yeah, in, in uh, we talked about it before. Uh, Resident Evil Revelations did a similar thing, and it was just it's, I just want to buy both the games, <laughs> physical or digital. I don't want one and one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well then, um, I think I was just kind of waiting for it on the PC because they brought yeah. out um, Bayonetta One on Steam, and I thought, oh well, they'll get Bayonetta Two as well. Apparently not. I, I mean, I don't know why just, not. It's just, do you have a secret little list somewhere which is like, okay, Catherine came out in 2008, still waiting for um, a full body version on PC. <laughs> Bayonetta came out in 2014. <laughs> still oh, waiting for the 
these are all games I'm going to play when I'm 50, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when you're, um, your reflexes are at their absolute peak for playing uh, Bayonetta 2 uh, in your 50s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Is there a oh, Bayonetta well. 3? Three? It got announced, right? Uh, yeah, it's Switch exclusive. <laughs> oh, Christ. Hang on. I'm okay. Googling. 2017 got announced. Oh, well. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. But yeah, it's a Switch exclusive. Yeah. Okay. If it ever comes out. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I, I still also feel that like uh, being it as a bit of a shoo-in, um, only in the fact that when you sort of say female video game characters, I, I feel like she's like one of the top two or three, you know, up there. Um, I get, again, after Lara Croft, but I, I don't know. Are you going to talk about Lara Croft? No, she's on my um, under the friends list. But... Yeah, good, good. Because yeah, I was no. going to say, it's a little bit um, bit trite, almost, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I Which... felt Bayonetta was a little bit trite. That's why I gave her the the rubbish intro. Uh, no, <laughs> but who no, else have I you got in your list? I don't think, I don't think so. Uh, and good that she's in Smash, although professional Smash players, uh, which isn't actually a profession, um, would disagree. The next on my list, it was a toss-up between um, two ladies who carry big guns. We've already mentioned Lady, but not neither of those are her. Um, so the one who I didn't end up choosing uh, was Saki, um, who uh, I ended up sort of maining her in Capcom vs. Tatsunoku. Um, and I was like, oh, this character's amazing. So she's this tiny girl who has a gigantic gun um, she's very much a zoning character so she's you know throwing grenades and whatever and then every now and then fires off a massive blast from her giant cannon um and in the way that you know the capcom crossover games sometimes they make really obscure pulls poison being the perfect example i said like, what is who is this character you know where did she come from i've never seen it before but um i love her uh and she originally appeared in a game called Quiz Nanino Dreams. That's an obscure <laughs> subtitle, which is a, which was originally an arcade quiz game. I don't know what an arcade quiz game is. Like, <laughs> Brilliant. Like the pub quiz game. And from what I can gather, um, after extensive two-minute research before we started recording, uh, okay. in that game she does not She's, she's a freedom fighter or she fights for the Earth Liberation Force I think or Earth Defense Force uh, <laughs> but you don't so she's always off fighting but you don't actually see her toting around a giant gun so that's just something that was sort of invented and given to her um, it's no coincidence I think you know in the Japanese market that she looks very similar to uh, some of our friends from Evangelion um, so perhaps uh, she was given that get up for the for the game uh yeah and that's that's it really so uh, a character that i her uh fighting style i find appealing um but sadly doesn't have um anything else behind it so i couldn't put her on my list um so instead the other one the other giant gun toting 
uh, woman <laughs> I have is Sharla from Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, uh, so yeah, she's uh, she's really cool. I feel like we keep saying really trite things. She's very yeah. cool. And she's a very well-rounded character. She's a bit sassy. Uh, so she's uh, her her partner gets turned into a machine uh and she is a healer um but she also has this giant cannon which she uses to heal as well as shoot things um, okay yeah yeah because uh, i remember you were telling me you usually play as a healer in like these raids and stuff like that or xenoblade things yeah yeah, I mean, I've got a thing for ranged characters. Um, when I t- when I played Monster Hunter, I like playing a kind of support ranged healer. So it's, it's goofy and stupid, but you know, when you fight, when you fire healing bullets at people. I like that, um, particularly because in games where you can miss who you're trying to shoot, heal, and sometimes heal the enemy. Um, so. So those things are in my wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> in in any case, um, and then yeah, she ended up uh, being on my party uh, more often than not. Um, Dinnerblade Chronicles has some good dressing up, um, some really good dressing up uh, that comes when you kind of unlock different um, armor sets. Uh, she has this nice background, and, and you kind of get you know she wants to she ultimately wants to settle down. Uh, and become like a doctor. Um, so she's this really interesting aspect to her character, and that she's is going through this massive ordeal versus the the McConnus, But but we get a sense of what she might want to do afterwards. She's also, uh, you know, had this love. You know, her, her love interest has been take essentially taken by the um, McConnus. Um, she sort of ends up becoming a little bit of a mother to the rest of the group, uh, which are um, a fair bit younger. Um, and then the two other female characters in Xenoblade Chronicles aren't fantastic. You've got kind of, again, white-haired, airy, sort of wet lettuce, fairy, fairy <laughs> yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got, and then you've got the girl next door who goes through an ordeal. Blah blah blah. Uh, so yeah, there's more, there's more going on. Um, there's more going on with Charlotte. So I like, I like the combination of. The way she attacks, uh, her story, her role within within the group, which is to me, she's certainly um, a standout character uh, of that cast because you've got you know generic man, generic man's best friend, and then older generic man, uh, and then <laughs> and then fat, rolly, feathery, idiot talking thing, uh, which is probably number two on my list after Shala. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there we go. So uh, Charlotte in Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, again, perhaps much like your Bayonetta, played and loved Xenoblade Chronicles. I haven't touched the rest of the series at all, despite the fact that they're supposed to be really good. But, you know, people you don't like, like it. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, that's not necessarily okay. Everyone who like uh, people who like it, I think I like, I think it was, um, I may have talked about it before. The side quests in Xenoblade Chronicles. So when you get to a new area, um, it's one of those things where you know uh, hundreds, seas of people pop up with question marks over their head, and then the more 
side quests you do, more side quests pop up. And uh, it's very much because there's so many of those per area and then there's things to find and there's ingredients to get and missions to do. Um, there's so, so many of them. Uh, I was almost burned out on that game before I hit yeah. the credits. <laughs> it was, uh, I think I still got that years later i still got that taste in my mouth so when i look at xenoblade chronicles x which now would be weird because it's a wii u game so that you know it's a bit strange to be digging out the wii u to play that and then uh, xenoblade chronicles 2 uh and then there's also that little add-on story with the switch port i i get that taste of oh i i burn myself out on side quests um stupidly yeah it's like um fallout 4 for me like there's just so much to do side quest wise and i love doing like side quests almost more than yeah. the main plot but yeah, because yeah. there's too much and in fact there is infinite side quest to do in fallout 4 as in it's always generating new ones you just kind of get i i don't know what to go what to do or where to go um <laughs> I've got too so many exclamation I, marks in my menu book. Yeah. But I can't, yeah. I can't nicely erase. And like, you, I think it's like you get notifications as well. Like, oh, by oh. the way, your, your camp has got this thing happening. Like, oh, fuck, do I need to go back to the camp now? <laughs> I'll just find this armor. I want to put that on. <laughs> I've just been hunting womp rats or whatever. Mud. Yeah. And it's like I, I devoted like probably about 100 hours into that game and advanced the plot I don't know one hour <laughs> out of that 100 you know it's just ridiculous um, but yeah I mean it is for us it's like you get so many games like this but yeah so I think um We've kind of named a few of our, our favourite females in games. and Yeah. I, I got to be all quirky and talk about my favourite female that identifies as female character yeah. and <laughs> uh, bring up four characters from Final Fantasy and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I think let's, um, let's run off a few and give the due course to some of the ones that we didn't mention that still are okay. up there as, as some of our faves. Okay, so we do quick fire. Me, then you, then me, then you, then me, then you. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, it doesn't need to necessarily be quick fire, but I want to okay. also uh, make, a, make a nod to Heather from Silent Hill 3. Oh, yeah. Heather's good. Yeah. She was a good um, character, interesting aesthetic, and goes through hell. Um, <laughs> and of course, you've got to remember, she gets that crazy, wacky. Um, princess beam um, costume when you complete the game. Yeah. Did you ever get yeah. that one? Uh, no, I no, I didn't. I think I just played straight through that one. I did not do stupid endings, extra hard, unlockable things. Um, oh, yeah. The other good thing Prin about it is the is the story. The whole story is based around her. You know, it's not something external is happening. Some external forces threatening the world. Um, that whole game is what plays out in her head, or however you want to, you know, yeah. uh, uh, read it um, and explores some of her issues. So yeah, she's quite. We get we get to 
we really get into kind of Heather's mind. Yeah. Um, and that. And she's kind of, again, she's just. If you can imagine her outside of uh, rusty mental Silent Hill times, she'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I, so true. Why did you go there? I think she'd be sassy. <laughs> I think she'd be. I think she'd be cool and sassy. <laughs> Fucking hell! We're um, our own tropes here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anything more to say about Heather? Uh, no, just a um, great character. Went through hell with her, almost literally. Um, and yeah, cool fun. Sassy. Uh, I want to give a <laughs> shout out to. Uh, Ninja Monoboob Taki from the Soul Blade Soul Calibur series uh, she was just one of my favourite characters I think we get to know. Uh, sorry sorry Monoboob <laughs> yeah she has uh, her uh, in Soul Blade I think Soul Calibur because she's wearing that ninja get up um, she has massive boob wobble physics but because yeah. she's in that ninja thing it just looks like a uh i don't know it's like a giant water okay cool I, I thought you were meaning like the, the crazy archers that only have one boob oh no no no, no. One. no. <laughs> like nah, no. i don't think that's the same tacky <laughs> <laughs> no it's not the same tacky no uh and in later games they just become Huge melons uh, and there's some nipple action as well, which yeah. is a shame because otherwise she's a good. I, again, I don't think we get much more than yeah, she's a ninja in it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I suppose I mean that's something we haven't really talked about at all either. Is like the the really really bad games um, for that sort of stuff. Like uh, I think that's, that's a it's <laughs> an easier list. It's an easier list to go through. Yeah, um, but I think it's less. It's uh, it's less interesting because the the reasons behind it are are obvious i think they're often dressed up as you know well the market is mostly males so it appeals to the market um <laughs> but most of the times it's, it's you know it's just extraneous it's just no there's some a gaggle of dirty little developers want to put massive wabs on their on their dress up characters yeah gross 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 um who you got um, I also have. Oh, I mean, of course, um, the entire cast of uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to be in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking um, giant webs. Yeah. <laughs> there. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, just fun characters. It's not necessarily <laughs> cool or sassy. Just fun <laughs> characters. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like... I, I mean, obviously, they're just it's all female characters. I don't think you can have a list of video game characters and best females without sort of touching on the anthropomorph- anthropomorphized versions of video game consoles in an RPG that is called... Hyperdimension Neptunia. Um, yeah, just cool yeah. as fuck. And lots of dressing up to be done there as well. We did a whole podcast about it. Go and listen to it if you want to find out more about that series. Yeah, exactly. Good dressing so who have you got? Um, 
Is there good dressing up in that game or no dressing oh, up? Oh, tons. And not only that, you get to dress them up twice because they change into a different form. Yeah, so, like, you know, they've got their specialized CPU forms, and you get, yeah, it's cool. Thanks, double D forms. Um, I want to give a shout out for my girl, Lady Jane, in the Time Spitter series. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I was drawn to her instantly. She's a, she's a cool, uh, 19, she's sassy. Fuck off, man. She's, she is cool. Uh, 1920s kind of flapper type. Uh, she's in Time Splitters and Time Splitters 2, dropped from Time Splitters 3, which doesn't exist anyway. Erase that horrible game from the canon. Um, so we get to see her in two costumes. Uh, uh, and yeah, she runs around with uh, Tommy guns, collecting time crystals. Um, and I used to, I used to play her all the time. Uh, and the music for the nightclub level which is her time period and time splits too is great listen to that all the time Lady <laughs> Jane. okay cool um another one that i have that i guess we have to mention as best girl princess peach oh uh, yeah i but mean not in a i mean you not that we need to lay our credentials on our line on our own podcast, but you do main Princess Peach when you can. Yeah, absolutely. Mario Kart <laughs> and um, Smash Brothers yeah. as much as I can. Um, and again, like, yeah, of course, she started off as the, oh, Mario, save me. And she does still to this day. Um but I think she's been given a little bit more of her, her own decisions as she's gone through the unit arc. Um, so again, spoilers, and this is for Mario Odyssey, um, which I know you haven't played. Um, it's like it's quite cool at the end where um, you know she's getting married to Bowser forcefully. And then Mario comes to save her. Um, and then she rejects both of them. <laughs> Which is really, really cool. She's like, no. <laughs> Neither of you go away. Which is, uh, yeah. you know, that's a very good um, pro-femme movement from her. And of course she had her own game, but... I remember not being happy about that game because no. I believe her special power was just throwing a tantrum or crying. And you're just yeah. like, oh my God, what are you guys yeah. thinking? Um, but in general, decisions made. I quite like uh, Princess Peach because she is supposed to be the personified sort of girly girl. And yet, you know, she's just comes out and thwacks you with like a golf club to the chin you know and I think that that juxtaposition um, is, is such a cool uh, character thing for her you know um, I don't know if there's much more you can say about Peach I, I don't know well, if you could write just, an essay on Peach <laughs> in you know in Super Mario Brothers 3 and in uh, Galaxy uh, despite the fact that she's being held you know, captive and moved from castle to castle. She's still managing to squeeze off letters 
with pee wings and shit in, which is yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So to my mind, she's, she kind of has this, you know, um, resistance type spy element to her. That yeah, okay. On the one hand, she is the monarch of the Mushroom Kingdom and whatever the political divisions of that that nonsensical world and yeah. surrounding worlds is. Um, but you know, she's also she's also somehow managing to get these letters out and and uh, getting Marius some much needed items. Um, and yeah, and again, Super Mario RPG, another game that we must mention every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she actually, you know, she does some fighting there as well alongside the other characters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thoughts on Daisy. Daisy, I mean, I I don't know what you you want from me here. Daisy is a clone of Peach. Uh, um, I I really don't know what her role is in the Mushroom Kingdom. Is she like related to Princess Peach? I don't know. Maybe she's. Who knows? Yeah, like she's just um, a brunette version of her wearing an orange dress and I don't know and she uses sunflowers instead of peaches even no. though she's called Daisy Daisy yeah good honour yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I, I don't yeah I don't know much about Daisy I, I, think... I think she's I think she's absolute trash oh wow fucking hell that's a bit brutal isn't it and she's one of the worst characters in video games <laughs> wow! At least you get an opinion more than me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Eh. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, yeah, Peach is there, and I suppose there's also the uh, fan favorite that never happened, Bowsette as well. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is a bit weird that Toadette gets a pickup and turns into Princess Peach. Is that not... I mean, don't get me wrong. Fucking Mario picks up a mushroom and suddenly becomes bigger than who he is. But it just seems weirder that they have, like, the ability to just turn into another person as well. I love it. I, lo- I love when big franchises like, franchises like that make a, a move like that. You know, so the, the earnest people who are desperately trying to create some sensible uh, whatever the Super Mario Brothers Wikipedia is called page on the Mushroom Kingdom are like okay I think we've got uh, like a chronology <laughs> and a geography <laughs> and then no uh, uh, yeah no when Toadette gets his pickup yeah she turns into a, a Princess Peach and, oh, what does so, are Toad's different species has she always been a like is the princess part? I know, I, and the ultimate reaction of that was, <laughs> "What if Bowser got that?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the internet, and then the internet got horny about it. But um, yeah, I'd more, I'd more, more curveball, you know, head cannon breaking design decisions. I think are needed just to annoy these um, uh, these Wikipedians uh, who try to make Wikipedians love it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, who else have you got? So, I guess last on my um, also ran list, we mentioned Lara Croft, but so I'm not going to talk about her anymore. Is uh, um, 
again, firmly in Nintendo land, but you can't really talk about uh, women of the tiny screen without mentioning Fire Emblem. Um, so we've had and the five thousand female characters that are in that. <laughs> and we've had some good ones and we've had some bad ones. Um, but like we were saying about uh, Valkyria Chronicles and Tales of Vesperia, was it? Yeah. Uh, Fire Emblem does have that. You know what's happening on the downtime, or or we've just finished that battle. We're all hanging out on camp. What would what would a conversation between this person and this person look like? Um, taking as far as, uh, in some cases, and unfortunately uh, restricted by sex, uh, they can end up marrying, and in some of the games having children, um, who through time manipulation means are all of a sudden grown up. Uh, <laughs> and amongst uh, all of the female characters, uh, one of the ones that um, has become a real favourite for me is Camilla. So she originally of course. appeared. In... Why is that? Why is that? Is it? Is that her personality? <laughs> she originally appeared. It is her personality. She originally appeared in Fire Emblem Fates, and then uh, she's become a bit of a fan favorite. So I think there's like 15 different versions of her on that mobile Fire Emblem game. There's Christmas version, winter versions, Sakura version, swimsuit version, bikini version, beach towel version. version. <laughs> um, just got out of the shower version. Yeah, they make all of those versions. Uh, then she's also in Fire Emblem Warriors as well. Um, she has a gigantic chest. So not just, you know, video game lady size. It's then double that. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, not to mention completely impractical. Um, so that's... that's it's not really a downstroke, but it it's just insane. Um, uh, and so, you know, uh, it's one of those characters where if friends or family walk in whilst you're, whilst you're watching Camilla's winning um, sequence on Fire Emblem Warriors, they're like, oh, right, I can see where you're planning out. No, no, no. But the, but the reason why she's on my list is... Um, <laughs> I'm just reading it for the articles. <laughs> yeah, it's almost just for the story. She's got really good banter with her brother. Uh, she's a weird character, and I, I can't think of another character full stop like it. Um, so she has a kind of very caring, almost obsessive side. Um, so she she really latches on to the main character in Fire Emblem Fates. Um, but then she's also uh, basically psychotic, um, uh, extremely competent, fierce, um, and brutal uh, kind of fighter, warrior, and um, she's part of the royal family, I think. Um, so her interaction with the other characters is really interesting. I mean, sometimes she's playing the very kind of obsessive character, and there are a couple of other obsessive characters, so their conversations tend to be about, you know, stalking tips for the people that they're stalking. Uh, <laughs> but then when various options come up to make a choice, she's often the one being like, no, you know, we must destroy our enemies. Um, uh, and to me, it's again, it doesn't take much for you to nudge two pips up the, the pyramid of um, of having a character in video games. Um, but she's got a lot, she's got a lot going on and combinations we don't often see. I mean, a bit like you know Bayonetta. So uh, she she a positive character? Is she an evil character? And of course, with Fire Emblem Fates, it was that one where there were two, and then a later version of it. Um, I played the version where you play um, the her family, so you, you you know you're kind of 
amnesiac child who, who becomes part of that family. But I can imagine if she was a antagonist in the other game, uh, you just got, all you can see is kind of you know the full fury of this um, accomplished wyvern riding uh, uh, warrior who's really really protective of her, of her family. Um, so yeah, just she's she's interesting. So I was really I was finding myself you know trying to build up all my uh, social relationships with characters in the game just to see all oh, right yeah how would Camilla and this person interact? How would Camilla and this person interact? Hmm. Um, so big shout out for uh, Camilla and her shirt, melons, wabs. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, I'm just going to rattle off the last couple. Um, yeah. Streetfire we never really mentioned, but of course, Chinners with their massive thighs. Um, I... Again, a go-to character for me. Um, although we did kind of touch on Street Fighter with Poison. Um, it's just when Poison's not an option, I always go for the Chun Li. Um, I also wanted to mention Linkle. I really like the idea and the concept of Linkle as well. You know, the female Link, bringing her yeah. more and more into the games. Do you know of her? Yeah, I just don't find it very interesting. Oh, I mean, you don't like Link either. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, fine. That uninteresting multiplied by female is still uninteresting. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's come on, it's obvious. Just do it. Yeah, and the last one is the Rodland Fairy, who I really oh my god. To. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right okay and that's our um nods to females in video games and yeah. it's always, it always sounds weird when you say female i don't maybe it's because of online interactions <laughs> i know the, the, the problem with this podcast <laughs> and the entire thing about this podcast <laughs> is you don't want to come off sounding like a, a weird sort of like uh, sort of pervy, perved, like, ooh, girls, ooh. Um, yeah. or, and at the same time, you want to try and remain, you know, quite... Uh, uh. <laughs> but fe- females has a particular... What was that, what's that horrible... Um, ugh, that, that, like, community of people who learn techniques from all these greed, like, pick-up artists. There we go, yeah. Oh God! Yeah, Fem- females is definitely how pickup artists talk about. Uh, yeah, chat on some nags. Yeah, and they'll yeah. be yeah. asking for your number in no time. Oh God! No, no, no. Um, so just female so clarity, Yeah, Richie is one of those. His pickup artist is an incel, uh, and that's where he's coming from when he says females. Every time this podcast, listen to it again and count them. <laughs> um and <laughs> what the fuck what's the deal with the sabotage at the end <laughs> no, sorry, um, you're saying about the females the females no yeah so yeah it's it's a tough one because you don't want to come off as weird and pervy you also don't want to come off as uninclusive and also I mean 
it, we're pretty fucking rubbish at this because like the fact that we call every female cool or sassy is just wrong and weird. Yeah, I, but I think that's you know it's male culture, you know. Yeah, I know. So that's that's because, with rare exception, as we just covered in this list, that's your options, right? So with yeah. the with the male characters, it's uh, you know it's gruff and um and he's pr protecting his family, um or he's protecting his children, which for me is just such a boring motivation because you know I don't have children and so yeah. you know I just off the bat I'm like oh, you know kind of annoying kids so why bother, um, and then the. You know, which is it's not like it's not like a deep pool of motivations, uh, and there's you know it's been loads written about you know just lazy. He's like, oh, and in the opening scene, the bad guy the kidnaps you know, kidnaps the love interest, and that's why he's evil and why we must chase him down. Um, and then when we switch to female characters, it, you know we've got these handful of types. I guess we've mentioned a few which are you know stirring up some of those. You know, it's like, oh wow, you know. It, yeah, the the concept of a male hero is so ingrained in our you know in our social consciousness that it's very very easy to do. But the idea of making a female hero, it, it's just different. Like, I mean, because of the the era we grew up in, our our brain automatically goes to something like Xena Warrior Princess, as opposed to you know like actual you know proper female characters that actually. Are heroic for many other reasons other than, you know, look how good they are at swinging a sword. They're almost as good <laughs> as a man. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and it's certainly it's certainly born out in the in the in the tropes of uh, there was a I, I will fail to remember the name, but there's um, a really good study done by looking at uh, different um, female character traits. And you know, of course, they're predominantly the you know they're often faster. They often have uh, lower hit points. Um, they'll often be you know, use ranged weapons, or they'll be healers. Um, and you just don't get that. You know, you, know, you don't get that diversity. Uh, you know, so I'd love to. You know, I just love it when you see something a little bit different. So I'd love to see, you know, a female tank character. Um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, or you know some of the characters we've mentioned are, you know, are a bit chaotic or they are you know deeply flawed they're not all emblematic of, of purity and needing protection you know they, they fuck yeah, up actually reminded me of, of, of something else which is quite a good one this is my Dragon Age characters as well so I made my female uh, character there and my whole team was just nothing but female characters but they were all mages and they were all the biggest tankiest possible mages so they were like a very very obscure build that you could get in dragon age which was the arcane mage um or arcane warrior which basically turned all of your magic points into hit points uh, sorry uh, strength um so it was all very dnd but it's um yeah it was really quite cool just to have like all of these like this team of tanky females you know, just hitting things, um, but still like taking them straight out of that trope of, um, you know, just being mages. Yeah. Which they all seem to be, you know, wear a dress, throw some magics from your wands. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned uh, kind of sexualization, over sexualization a number a number of times, and you know, having having sexually oriented content in video games is is fine, um, but it's just we never see it properly. You know, why is it always oh, okay? This character who, who who this character in this game where we don't really talk about romantic relationships or love or anything or sex or anything um, in that vein, um, you know just uh is is wearing a you know tiny trousers and has a has a boobs hanging over the rest of her body um it's you know like if you're gonna use sex as a, a part of the story or a mechanic just fucking do it you know and don't make it some shitty button pressing mini game i know or, and or, it, it does get normalized or, as well you know it doesn't get or, an 18 rating or anything like that yeah yeah, yeah. it's just oh no that's fine yeah the, well she's a mechanic and her tits are always out is that all well, yeah and, okay. and her private parts are covered up so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um whereas you know i'd love you know more more snm boys more more guys walking around in banana hammocks um <laughs> uh yeah Anyway, we've got to wrap it up. Oh, no, that's what we're ending on. Banana hammocks. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and yeah, also, uh, nah, let, let's just leave it be. Um, no more bikini plate. It's not a thing anymore. Um, banana hammock. Bye, Farley. Uh, banana hammock. Goodbye, Richie. <laughs>